It's time for JT the Brick. How we doing? Baby, I'm great. JT, how are you doing? I'm not a journalist. I'm an opinionated sports talk host. We have a goal. We have ideas. We know exactly what we want to do here. Just win, baby. The Raiders' schedule is brutal. It's a second-place schedule that's front-loaded heavy and back-loaded heavy. The fans of the Raider Nation. Sound off like you got a pair. JT the Brick. I'm talking about the notorious ones, the out-of-control fans, the passionate fans. All of you fans are invited to be a part of the show. I'd like you to come in big and come in with a purpose. And that's it. Use the phone like a weapon. Enjoy everything we do. And please always feel welcome to call in and to tweet and to be a part of the show. Fair enough? And now, here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT. Good to have you today. Usually on a Monday, it's an aftermath from a game. We are still reacting to what happened last Thursday night in Los Angeles against the Rams, but it is on to New England. On to New England as we're brought to you by our great friends at Golden Entertainment. PT's the best happy hour in town. You know how it works here. Five to seven, midnight to two. Jump on in and head to PT's, especially if you want to watch the Golden Knights, if you want to watch bowl games, you want to watch the Raiders. Everything that's happening here, we got you covered here as we are ready to roll. Ready to roll this week, and let me tell you why. I think this is the most important game of the year. Okay, Wherever you're standing with the Raiders record, I get it. Wherever you're standing with the record and where you want to be with that, I'm okay with. It's a disappointing season. The Raiders should not have this record. We know now that they're one of four teams ever to have four losses when leading by 13 or more points. Remember, it was 17. Remember, it was 17 and 20, but the Ram game skewed it to 13 or more. So whatever the number is, it's double digits, and the Raiders have found ways to lose games that they should have won. And if they would have won half of the games that they lost, that they lost ugly, I think they'd be a playoff team, right? They'd have seven wins right now, going for eight against the Patriots. I'm not looking for them to win all the games that they lost when they had the lead. I'd be nuts to say that. I'm just looking for half. Split the distance, uh, difference and they're in the playoffs. But that's what it could have should a radio. And I don't do what it could have should a radio. I don't do that type of radio. What I do is I try to talk about reality. I try to put, dip the show in reality every day and then try to entertain or move you. And I'm not a comedian, so some of these other shows, they got like four people talking. They try to be funny. They tell you where they got bagels and coffee. We don't do that here. We talk sports. I only got two hours a day with you to talk sports before three hours at night, so that's five. And this is what my happy place, normally because I want the Raiders to win and with a flagship here for the Raiders. But you can tell by my tone that I'm pissed off today. Because I think this is the biggest game of the year, and I think the Raiders should have been in a much better situation than they are in right now. But we can't do anything about it. So what my experience tells me as a sports talk host is if we can't do anything about it, what we should do is really get excited for what's going to happen here this weekend. The Patriots are in town. And what's interesting about the Patriots being in town, we all know that Josh McDaniels, Dave Ziegler, some of their scouts, there are people in that organization that came from the Patriots. You are not comfortable. You don't have the patience to talk about the plan anymore, which I've laid out for you. We've interviewed the coach. We've interviewed the GM several times. So we've talked about the plan on what they're trying to do. But you don't care anymore. You cared when they won three in a row, but when they lost to the Rams, you forgot about the plan. You hate the plan, and you're, you're all upset again. So it's very, very triggered radio. It's high emotions, low valleys, high emotions, low valleys here. So I'm not going to spend any more time on the plan. Because we told you the plan. Mark Davis has backed it. 
Mark Davis doubled down on it. Josh McDaniels has told you this on my show and the GM. I think the GM is really good and he tells you about the plan, but you don't care about that anymore, which I, it's understandable. Why would you? The team's got five wins. The team should have seven or eight. So the plan isn't working for you because you're not a scout. You're not in the building. You're not in the locker room. You're just looking for your team to win. And you're the best fans, most notorious fans in the NFL because you live and die with this. And you know I know that. There's not anybody, even my detractors, who don't think I know what you're thinking about. I talk to half of you in person. The other ones who can't find me, I don't know. I, I try to send them cab fare. They won't come. Come to the torch. Everybody who listens to this show knows what I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about this team winning. And I'm really excited, very excited about this game. Because I think it's going to tell the story of the Raiders season. I think we're going to know who the Raiders are right after this game when I hit the postgame show. You know, when I do that walk from the press box and I'm freaking out because it's a three-point game or a seven-point game, and I got to walk by the pilings and peek my head in to see who's got the ball. It's third and six to set up for the post-game show, and it's always a heart attack waiting to happen. It's never easy. It's never like, hey, man, get a Modelo, sit down here. It's always coming down to the final minute or two. Are you going to get the ball back or are you going to give the team another chance to win the game? So that being said, I am going to kick ass this week on Patriots Preview. I got the best Patriots Preview in town, mark my word, and we're going to talk about this team, and we're going to put pressure on this game to make this game mean more than it should be on the radio. That's the least I can do. So all week long, if you got criticism, let it fly. If you're encouraged, let it fly. But I want to hear about the Patriots and the importance of this game to you. Now again, I dip the show in reality. I'm dealing with a lot of people online, on social media, who don't get it and they hate the Patriots and they don't like the gentleman who came from the Patriots. It might be the most childish topic in modern Raider history. Put that because people are clipping my show and taking my stuff out of context all the time. So I just want to make sure if they're recording my show and they're going to put this up on the internet for people to read that you get this right. This is the most childish topic I can remember in Raider history. Oh, man, we got the tuck rule Patriots GM and coach. I hate the Patriots. I don't want them to do well. I don't like them because they're Patriots. Might be the stupidest and most childish topic in Raider history. Because back then, they didn't have sports radio in the 60s, 70s, and early 80s. They do now. And I still deal with people who literally come up to me and say, well, I don't like the coach. He's a Patriot. I go, what? You like Tom Brady? He's the GOAT. Okay, you know, Bill Belichick, he's the greatest coach of all time, better than Lombardi and Shula, but you wouldn't want him, right? So you got Josh McDaniels, you'd probably be pissed if you got Belichick because you'd say tuck rule. So I'm dealing with ignorance and childhood behavior when people say, I hate these guys because they're Patriots. Wow. That's like saying, I hate the guys who built the Celtics and Lakers dynasty because they kicked my Knicks ass every day. Can you imagine if my Knicks had players like Kobe when he was live or Magic, and I said, oh, I don't want those guys. They're Lakers. I hate the Lakers. I'm a Knicks fan. That's what I'm dealing with, with a percentage of Raider Nation. They don't want these guys. So let's use that as fuel to get the show going. Let's make this fuel to beat the Patriots. Because when I walked into SoFi Stadium last Thursday night, I thought the Raiders were going to win comfortably. They were going to beat Baker Mayfield. They were going to win that game. They would have four in a row going for five in a row. And I'm very confident they'll beat the Patriots. Why? Because I went to the dual practices. I went to the joint practices here. I went to the preseason game. There's no debate. The Patriots were a mess. 
a mess in the preseason. Not very good. The Raiders roster is better. I think man-to-man, the Raiders roster, when healthy, is better. So I always thought they were going to beat the Patriots. I'm really pissed off because the game should have been on national television. They took that away from Mark Davis. But the record proves the record proves that they could be flexed. So with all this being said, I believe that they have a better roster when healthy, wink, wink, when healthy than the Patriots, but the Patriots now have more realistic goals than the Raiders. The Raiders want to win every game. They want to beat the Patriots. The Patriots have to win every game because they have a really good shot to make the playoffs if they win their final three out of four. So that's going to amplify everything. And the Raiders still have a mathematical chance. I think you saw it being shared all over Twitter. If the Raiders win out, they don't need a lot of help. I mean, they need the Jets to lose a couple, the Patriots to lose a couple. They don't need the Jets and Patriots and everybody to lose every game. They just need them to lose a few. So there is some hope, but a lot of fans don't want to talk about that hope. They just want to talk about, you know, the season's on the brink and the team's not going to be a playoff team, which is fine. Again, I'm not here to change your mind with that. All I want from you this week in between the great guests that we have is analysis on what this game means to you. And that's a really good topic. Because this game better mean something big to you. Because all of the Twitter anonymous Cowboys think the Patriots are, are, are the evil empire. And we got the Patriot guys and they're like spies that they came here to you know, invade the Raider Nation and take the franchise down. There are people that way. And then there are other people who hate the Patriots honestly because of the tuck rule. Sugar Bear Hamilton. Some of the great moments in Patriot history. You don't like Robert Kraft or whatever. And that's a good topic. I want to hear from some of you fans on that point. So this is a big game. It's a home game. It's Bolitnikoff week. The Bolitnikoff crab feeds in town. There are Hall of Famers galore in town coming to this game. It was supposed to be prime time, so people got hotel rooms and airline flights that they're not going to leave on Sunday. They're going to spend like a three- or four-day weekend here. It's the holiday season, and it's make or break. So I promise you, you'll have a great week of radio here. I promise you. All I need from you is for you to sound off like you got a pair. Tell me what this game means to you on Monday, because normally on Monday and Tuesday, I spend reviewing the game. We're not going to do that. We had one day to do it on Friday. It was pretty ugly. It was a Baker Mayfield game. I'm a big Baker guy. I am. I'm a big Baker guy. Oklahoma told you how good he was, and Baker went 98 yards with no timeouts and, and did that. And, again, my weekend overall was terrible because of that loss. We had the Raider holiday party, which was great to see friends who I consider family and all that. So there were some good things that happened here, but that loss stings. That loss stings because what it could have been. So we put the Baker Mayfield loss in a time machine, and we bury it, not in Henderson, but somewhere way out towards Baker. And in that time machine we put into the dirt, we have the – Jeff Saturday victory. We have the Arizona Kyler Murray running around with like a toddler who stole your phone. 20 seconds winning that game. We have the 17-point lead against Jacksonville. And the fourth is the Baker Mayfield. We bury all of it. We leave it in the desert, and we get ready for the Patriots. Because you all better have an opinion on the Patriots. You all better. You're all tough guys on this Patriot team. All a bunch of Twitter bullies on the Patriots. So I got open phone lines. I want to hear what the Patriot game means to you. And I don't want to have this negative energy all week. DeMond's looking at me like, what are you doing, man? It's Monday. <laughs> Relax. Got a workout in today. Went around. Coffee with my buddy. And I'm sitting here and I get behind this microphone. I'm all worked up. I don't want to be worked up like this. I want to go holiday shopping. My sons are coming back into town. I want to do good things. But 
I am so pissed off about Thursday night, how they lost that game in front of 50,000 fans. I interviewed the coach, asked him every bleeping question about every play. I'm good there. And then I went into the weekend, watched a lot of other football, which wasn't very good football. This schedule was not very good. There were a lot of games that were blowouts. The Niners blew out the GOAT. Philadelphia is now 12-1. and God, what they did to the Giants. Spanked them. Kansas City, Russell Wilson. That game was interesting, and good old Chargers win again. Oh, my God. Chargers are so average, and they just get the bounces the Raiders don't. Wouldn't you love to switch records with the Chargers, knowing that the Raiders are just as good as the Chargers? But we can't. Because the Chargers are winning these games on diving on fumbles and loose balls and kicking field goals with kickers with bad hamstrings. And they're winning. They're getting a lot of good luck. And the Raiders got as much bad luck as you could package and put in a box for the holiday season. I'm sick of the bad luck. I'm sick of the negativity. The Patriots are in town. Let's have a great week of talking about your hatred for the Patriots. Okay? What the Raiders, what's at stake in this game? and what the Raiders need to do to give you some holiday cheer and beat the Patriots. Because if they beat the Patriots, they're not going to the Super Bowl, but the Patriots don't come here much. They're going to have a lot of fans that are here, and it would be great to win that game and still be in the hunt, way on the outside looking in. But to say maybe that the Raiders played spoiler with Bill Belichick, we know there's enough guys in the building that used to work for the Patriots that know they have to win this game. Or they better put up a hell of an effort considering the effort that we saw. The effort wasn't awful. The effort wasn't bad against the Rams. It was the execution where that game fell apart in the second half, and that's really been the story of the year. I think they're coached up, they're proper, they're prepared, but they got guys who are hurt, and then they have these issues where they can't close out games. It's really a remarkable season. It's really a remarkable season of what you saw this year when it comes to everything that could go wrong has gone wrong. Plus, there was a three-game winning streak And there's an opportunity to win some games. I mean, if I told you two months ago that you were going up against Mac Jones, Kenny Pickett or Mitchell Trubisky, Brock Purdy, I gave you that. You'd say, yeah, I'll take that. Well, how much do I got to pay you, JT? Nothing. You don't got to pay me anything. Just got to call in on this and what the Raiders need to do. It's one at a time. I mean, no talk about Pittsburgh and the Niners and none of that. It's Patriots week. Let's get on Patriots Week, 702-365-9200. I'm demanding excellence. I'm asking for the hardcore callers to come in, the new callers to come in. Whoever you are, I'm putting this on you this week. You're the ones all popping off with the beer muscles and going crazy about how much you hate the Patriots. Well, my phones are open. I want to hear what this game means to you. I want you to put some people on the spot. I want you to call out some people. I want you to do real sports radio. Okay, nothing against the new UNLV football coach. Kevin Kruger's victory run is amazing. Golden Knights can't win at home. They went on the road. I'm clearing out the deck chairs for the Patriots. I got my A-plus game. What do you have to start off the week? 702-365-9200. All right, the next topic. Let's get into Derek Carr. What do you want to do with Derek Carr, everybody? I'm not talking long-term contract. Here's how I see Derek Carr coming into this game. Derek Carr was on the verge of being an elite quarterback. Every debate show for the last two or three years has Derek Carr in the category, not elite, but could be elite, correct? We all agree with that. And now, I won't say he regressed. He doesn't have Waller and Renfro. He's got a new offensive line that isn't great at all, nowhere near great. It's a work in progress. He's got Josh Jacobs. 
But now Derek Carr is not evolving into the elite level. Now, are there excuses built in? None from Derek. Derek's not making any excuses. Derek's out there playing his ass off. But now I'm have to I, when I look at Derek, if we want to get him into the elite category with Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, right? Aaron Rodgers, go through the list of all the elite quarterbacks, the best of the best. We can't do that this year. That ship has sailed this year. There's no way he's going to have the stats to be able to do it at the end of the year. We can't put him in with Lamar Jackson. We can't put him here with Josh Allen. We can't put him there with Patrick Mahomes. So we all agree on that, right? He's not going to evolve. We're not going to say in the next four weeks, well, Derek's getting closer to Patrick Mahomes. Not happening. But what about the guys now who are passing Derek Carr in the court of public opinion, including the names Tua Tungavaloa, Jalen Hurts, okay? Dak Prescott. The list goes on. This year, but I don't think it's, it's a throwout statistic, Geno Smith having a better year than Derek Carr. Uh, and then you look at Jared Goff. I wanted to get Jared Goff into the show. Jared Goff's already played in a Super Bowl, won multiple playoff games, and yesterday might have had the best game of the last couple of years, Jared Goff. Do we have Jared Goff in the elite category? No. Why not? What is Jared Goff not doing? He plays on a really bad team in Detroit. He's putting Detroit on his back, on his back, and he's winning games, and they're on a winning streak. So where Derek is at this point in time, Kirk Cousins, Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is supposed to be better than Derek. He's not elite yet, but he will be. He was the number one player picked overall. And then you see other players there that are in Derek's category, and you wonder where are they at. Derek's better than Daniel Jones. He's better than Taylor Heineke. He's better than Andy Dalton. Statistically this year, he's better than Kyle Murray, Jacoby Brissett, Ryan Tannehill. So, again, Derek is in this area where he's not elite, but he's in the next stage. And in the next stage, in the group that he's in, that next stage of quarterbacks, which are very good, some of those young men are surpassing him. Wow. I didn't see that happening. I mean, I didn't. You didn't. I mean, I didn't see guys in that category with Derek outplaying him this year. So what do you expect from Derek this week? I think it's a pretty damn big week for Derek because Derek's going up against Mac Jones. Derek's going up against Belichick, who's going to take one of the players away that Derek wants to go to. And that's where I think this is an important run for Derek Carr, depending on what happens with him in the future here. And I've always said this on the record on my radio shows. Like Derek a lot, I hope he remains the quarterback of the Raiders. If the Raiders go in a different direction, it will have 0.000 to do with JT the Bricks radio show. It's had nothing to do with me. It's the owner, the head coach, the GM, who's available and what they're going to do. But I've always thought that Derek would be great to end his career as a Raider with multiple championships because I've always believed, and I still do, that you can win a championship with Derek Carr. I really do. you got to get him some better players, but you can win with him. I mean, there are people listening to me now in San Francisco. You know what the topic is today? Can we win the Super Bowl with Brock Purdy? That's a real topic in San Francisco. They think they can. Why wouldn't I, on the Raider flagship, think that the Raiders can win a championship with Derek Carr? I know he's a lot better than Brock Purdy. So another big week for Derek. And then finally the head coach, Josh McDaniels, as I just spoke to him on Friday. And he had a full day. Interview with me, interview with all the media there, and he took full accountability for the loss. Full accountability for the loss, the play calling, what happened in Los Angeles, 
And we all know Josh McDaniel's mentor is Bill Belichick, who's in town this week. Belichick's still out on the West Coast because they're out on the West Coast with this game tonight and then playing the Raiders here like they were out here for a couple of weeks when they prepared for that, uh, when they prepared for the preseason game with the Raiders. And the Raiders, I was at those practices with Eric Allen. It was, a, it was men among boys. What Devontae did to those Patriots, they almost stopped practice. It was like, stop. This is embarrassing. Remember those shows? And now they're back here to play in a game that means everything to both teams. So that's the monologue. Kind of quiet around here, isn't it, DeMond? Isn't it quiet around here, right? Did I, what did I tell you yeah. before I did this 20 minutes? The phones aren't lit up, right? Nope. Nope. Right? The bully boys, the bully boys that come at me on Twitter. I hate the Patriots. It's that. We got to give them about a half hour more of me ranting and raving to get them in here. You call all the other shows. You might get a prize. You might get a T-shirt. You might go somewhere. You might get a free room somewhere on the Strip. Not here this week. It's me. It's this microphone. It's you. And it's Patriot Week. And we're looking for the best of the best to jump in and get on in here and tell us what it's going to take to beat the New England Patriots. Sports Radio 101. How do you beat the opponent that's in your town this week? How do you do it? Do you do it running? Do you do it throwing? I talked about Derek. Does the coach have to be more aggressive? Mention that. What do we have to do to win this game? And for you to get this Patriot nonsense out of your brain so we can move on eventually with this organization and not worry about all of the Patriot bashing because you think this is a spy novel and the Patriots infiltrated this organization to tear it down. Okay, so we're going to get all this bull crap out of the way. We're going to do it this week. We're going to have Patriots week, and we're going to hope that everybody enjoys the show and participates here. Okay? <laughs> I am ready. I wanted this game from the second it came out. They screwed me over taking it off the primetime game because I love the Raiders. I'm a season ticket holder. I don't sell my tickets. I wanted that primetime game. I wanted it to be lit up at night. I wanted to see the backdrop of the strip. They took it away from us. So I got a lot of problems with this game coming in, but I know the Raiders can win it. I know they can bounce back after that terrible loss on Thursday night, and I know that they could come in and make a statement and really punch down on the Patriot organization and play spoiler with them. So that's where I'm going this week, 702-365-9200. That's the monologue brought to you by Remy Martin, Team Up for Excellence. Find out everything Remy Martin's doing with this show. You can go out to Resorts World where I'll be hosting this show Friday from noon to 2 at Redtail. A rare radio remote. As most guys now do podcasts at home on Zoom in their pajamas. I'm going to go out to the public Friday, noon to 2 at Redtail at Resorts World with Resorts World Modelo and Remy Martin. And we're going to have a great Friday. That's the monologue. Jump on in. Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show, brought to you by Resorts World Las Vegas, the newest property on the Strip. Jacobs to the left of Carr and the shotgun. Snap, back to pass, walking left, lofting left, to the end zone. Adams grabs it falling down. Touchdown, Devontae Adams. He was on his backside and the ball landed in his lap. One play, one touchdown. That's Jason Horowitz on the call. He'll join us tomorrow along with Paul Gutierrez, the elite insider for the Patriots, Tom Curran, 
joining us on Thursday. Looking forward to talking to Tom. He knows Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler as good as anybody. That'll be a big interview later in the week. And all of our other insiders, including Vic Tafer, Bill Williamson, uh, Kevin Bollinger this week, Vince Sapienza. So we, we have everybody lined up. Everybody's lined up to come in this week to talk about Patriots Week. And it's an important one. They don't play this team often. When they do, it's usually memorable. It's been memorable. The Darren McFadden game. I'll never forget that in Foxborough. And, you know, you're also playing the most recent dynasty. And I don't think there's going to be many dynasties left in the NFL. It's really hard to sustain what the Patriots did under Brady winning six Super Bowls. And Josh McDaniels got six Super Bowl rings because of the success they had, which was all preparation, all taking the organization to the highest level of being serious about winning and their commitment to winning, something that the Raiders have strived to and did when they were the team of the decades in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. So the Raiders now are trying to find a way to get the organization to where the Patriots have been recently, almost impossible to do, where Kansas City is, very hard to do, and do what the Raiders did when they were the team of the decades. And they're taking big swings. And Devontae's a big swing. And they're trying to get guys back healthy here who can play this week and really help the team out. This is all hands-on deck week. Everybody who is available to play, better play. Okay? Everybody who's available to play, if you don't get out of the tub and walk into McDaniel's practice with Belichick in town, and you're not taped up right, and you got a little bit of something going on, but yeah, I would I would encourage everybody who is capable to play professional football this week to kind of roll out of that training room when McDaniel's walks in the building and be ready for Belichick. That, that's what this week's about. There's a lot on the line this week, Raider Nation. You know that. I just happen to be the guy saying it. As we open up the show, hope everybody had a good weekend. Chet is out in Henderson, Nevada, locally here. Chet, thanks for calling the show. What's happening? Start us off. Chet, go ahead. You're on the air. All right, we must not have him. Let's get this show right. Let's get out to Raider 27. Raider 27, are you there? JT, you got me Thank so you. fired up. I'm going to show up, but I'm going to go kick the Patriots' ass myself. What's the key but- to the game? The key to the game is, uh, honestly, I think playing a clean game and not giving the game away at the end. Mm -hmm. And I think Josh needs to read the landscape a little bit better. If the run's not working and you have a lead, you got to keep throwing the football. Mm -hmm. We've got Devontae Adams. You know, we've got Derek Carr. And you know what? Whether you like Derek Carr or not, whether you like McDaniels or not, they're not going anywhere. They're staying right here. They, they are a good coach. Ziegler's a good GM. Derek Carr's a good quarterback. I'm just going to I'm gonna get me my uh, wits and bourbon and my bucket of modellas, <laughs> and I'm going to sit down in my basement, and I'm going to enjoy the rest of the season. There's no reason for all this negativity. I'm going to just enjoy watching Raiders football. I'm going to hope they win. I'm going to root for my team. But if they lose, I have no control over what happens on the field. I'm not out there playing. So well, you know, and, and the schedule and the schedule's really good. I mean, the schedule's really good. You got games, even though they might not mean what they were supposed to mean when the season started. We'll see that. We'll see after the Patriot game. These are fun rivalries. The Raiders versus the Steelers, the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Deception. You got the Niners coming to town. You know, the Niners are bringing in an army of fans. Raider Nation has got to step up for that. And then Kansas City. 
the rival here to end the season and to try to put some hurt into them before either they have to play or they have a bye week. So the rest of the schedule here is really important. The, the biggest games of the entire schedule start this Sunday, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, even if we can just somehow beat the Chiefs, mm-hmm. that's going to make everybody feel so much better for the whole off season as we rebuild and add talent to this team. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I'm going to just look. I, it's easier. It's so much better just to be positive and hope for the best mm-hmm. and be wrong than to be negative and be a downer all the time and be right. I'm just going to, like I said, I'm okay. going to sit down here with my wits and whiskey and my Modelo. And okay, gotcha. Enjoy the rest of the season. Well, thanks for calling in. Thanks for starting off our week. After that monologue that uh, got us going and uh, obviously didn't get us going. So thanks for starting off the week. Uh, one Raider fan has checked in out of market to start the show as I sit here in Vegas today with the Vegas Raiders. Las Vegas Raiders. Maybe some locals who are going to the game and are going to be around and excited about this can check in. 702-365-9200. Uh, the game has got to start fast and Derek's got to have a bounce-back game. The fact that Derek and Devontae did not connect on one pass in the second half of a must-win game is highly alarming to me. Highly alarming. The fact that uh, there was literally nothing happening in the second half with that passing game, considering you have a brilliant, proven six-time Super Bowl head coach who can call plays and a quarterback that's got nine years of experience with no Aaron Donald playing in that game is alarming to me. So I would tell you that I think the Raiders are going to leave everything out on Allegiant Stadium's field. I think the playbook needs to be open. It has to be as open as it's been. And the first question that I talked to about with Coach McDaniels on Friday was that opening drive looked unbelievable, didn't it, in L.A.? I mean, Mac Hollins sprinting around the side, running with the ball, the catches, the Devontae, miracle blind catch, all that. When they opened up the game on that first drive in L.A., and got the Raider fans into the game. That offense was clicking the way it should be. The offensive line was attacking downhill. They just came out in the second half of that game, and they seemed to be lost. They were trying to hold on to the victory instead of win the game. Instead of putting the game away, they got to a point where, and I told Coach about this, they had no choice on the A.J. Cole punt down to the two-yard line. They had a punt. They had to there. And no timeouts for Baker Mayfield. They had to defend to win the game, and they can't defend. They're not very good when they have to defend in a game to win a game. So next time, instead of punting with A.J. Cole, they can't go three and out, correct? They can't run the ball into a pile in the line of scrimmage. How about getting this quarterback outside the pocket and having him run? How about getting this uh, quarterback to run a bootleg with the game on the line and spike the ball and the game's over? Can we get the quarterback to run when the game is on the line? I think we can. I've been calling for it. Can we play more up-tempo? Now, the Raiders in this last game were not going to play up-tempo because they had a 16-3 to lead. They were, rightfully so, looking to drain the clock a little bit more, which is something they should be very comfortable with because it takes them a long time to call the play all the time. And I don't think that's Josh McDaniel's fault. I think they call the play, the play comes in, then the team gets to the line of scrimmage and checks out of everything. Well, they change the play or they change the protection. Well, that, that, that was okay in the last game because in the last game they were up 16-3. to That can't happen in this game. It would be nice if the Raiders got in a shootout with Mac Jones. Why not? The season's almost over. Let's see if we can get in a shootout here. Let's see if we can get Waller and Renfro on the field and get Devontae going with Hollins and get in a shootout. Wouldn't that be fun for Christmas? Try to put up 50. You're not going to put up 50 against Belichick, but put up 35. And if you win 35-28, to 28, everybody's going to have a great time. 
Alex is in South Carolina listening on the Raiders mobile app on Monday. Hello, Alex. Hey, JT. What's going on, man? Doing good. What's happening? Hey, so just, just want to kind of reiterate what you're saying there. I just want, I want the Raiders to have fun, man. Let it fly. Like you said, these are four games, great matchups. Put your talent on display. Air it out. Get Waller involved if possible. If not, get Adams the ball. Mm -hmm. have, like, just have fun, man. I'm sick of the, the tension, you know. Just have fun. Let it rip. Play confidently and just win, baby. Yep, thanks for the call. It doesn't look like they're having fun when they're losing games like this. And there's a lot of pressure on them to put – there shouldn't be a lot of pressure on a football team when they're up 13, 17, 20 to put a game away. Do we all agree on that? That's when they should be laughing and smiling and burying teams. What happens is they all of a sudden look up and it's a one-possession game. They're in the middle of some type of failure. Something's not working right. They're going three and out. They're punting, and everybody in the building's going, I don't think this defense, other than Max, is going to be able to make a play. And we need someone other than Max Crosby to consistently step up. And we've seen decent play from Nate Hobbs. Chandler Jones is awakening. There are some players who have played well. The interior defensive line at times has done well. But why does it always have to be Max that we're praying for in the fourth quarter? Why does it always have to be Max Crosby with a cape to the rescue? Other guys can step up. The kicker's really good. The punter's elite. Elite. Now the quarterback's got to be elite. And I think the quarterback has got to put the team on his back. And I'm just fascinated by this topic, and I'm not going to ask Derek about it because I have respect for him. I don't talk to him much anymore on the radio. But... I just don't know why Derek doesn't change out of some plays and throws bombs to Defonte. You ain't going to get in trouble. Get to the line of scrimmage, look at the scheme, and say, man, there's one safety back there, and he's. I'm going to go to Devontae. How many times this year did Derek throw a bomb to Devontae behind the secondary for a touchdown? A bunch. I'd like to see more of that. I'd like to see it against the Patriots. I think they match up and can do it against New England. Vernon in San Diego, California. Thanks for listening to the flagship. Go ahead. Hey, what's up, JT? How you doing, man? I'm doing good, thanks. Um, I'm a longtime Raider fan. Pops is a Raider fan. Um, I, I don't understand why Carr isn't changing the plays at the line as well. I think, uh, and no knock on our coach, I know this is the, the flagship channel, but I think he needs to release, relinquish play calling. If, if, if <clears throat> I think he needs to put Carr in a situation where he gives him four or five plays and says, hey, you make the choice. And I think based on... Um, things that he used to do in mm -hmm. Denver and, uh, you know, games that, that were just like this game that we just had. And uh, especially on a Thursday night, I think he needs to uh, – I, th I think he just needs to change some things. He might be holding on to the reins too tough, and he's got a nine-year quarterback that can make these decisions for himself. He doesn't need to do what the coach says all the time. He, ne he needs to be a little bit of a maverick. And, uh, you know, that's all I had to say. Thanks, yeah, JT. again, you know, we've gone from an era where Ken Stabler called all the plays – to Derek Carr coming out of the John Gruden playbook, which was very intense. And I talked to a former player high up in the league earlier today about this Derek Carr topic, about the playbook. And the guy that I talked to thought that the playbook of Gruden's was much more complex than the one that McDaniels has. But Derek's gotten so much overload in the last couple of years that it's just tough. And at times he is not playing free. He's not playing loose. He's missing guys who are wide open. I think he's checking down again. I do. I think he's checking down. Took a while to get Derek, and Derek's played at a very high level his whole career. But the criticism of Derek checking down, I'm, I'm noticing more checkdowns in a season where they only have five wins. You know, that's it. You, you never throw in front of the chains on third down when you're Derek Carr. There's no need to. Why? You're going to punt. So take a shot with Devontae. 
take a shot with these guys and try to get a flag, an automatic first down. Now, there's going to be times where you got to throw it away. You got to throw it out of bounds. And there's going to be times where you do check down because the pocket broke down and you just have to get rid of the ball. But I'm talking about if Derek's got a little over two and a half, three seconds, the ability to slide and move the pocket, don't check down. We don't want to check down anymore. There's five wins. Why is anybody checking down with five wins? Attack. Attack downfield. You got the players to do it. And Derek has the arm strength to do it, the touch to do it. And I think he's really good at the line of scrimmage. I really believe he's good at the line of scrimmage to see that. Is he, is he playing the playbook too close to the vest? I have no idea. It's all going to come out at some point. And when it does, we'll tell you first. We don't know what's going on. We're not in the meetings. We just, wanna, we just want Derek and the head coach to have great time together and dominate. And dominate. And sometimes you just can't dominate. It's really hard to dominate Bill Belichick. It's hard to dominate Bill Belichick. Good luck doing that. And who's he going to take out of the game this week? Is it going to be Josh Jacobs or Devontae? I would think that Belichick would rather take out Devontae with a double team, a safety over the top, than Josh Jacobs. I think he's got the players who can keep Josh Jacobs in front of him. I don't know. That's going to be the key, and that's what Belichick does best. We're brought to you by Grimaldi's, the best pizza I ever had. Mark Anderson on a Monday from the AP joining us next. Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show, brought to you by Grimaldi's Pizzeria, home of the famous New York-style coal-fired brick oven pizza. Carr, toss play, Jacobs gets a block from Johnson at the 30, cuts back inside, stiff arm, 25-20, Jacobs off to the races, five, touchdown Raiders! What a way to capitalize! A 30-yard touchdown run for Josh Jacobs! who was like a bowling ball into the end zone, and the Raiders take a 20-13 lead. Nice job by DeMond. We're playing Raider highlights all week, not lowlights. You notice, you have you picked up on this, everybody? We're, re- we're ready for the Patriots on Monday. It's a big game. I was just talking to Q, who comes on after me, the program director here. I'm like, what are we doing this week? Let's go win the game. Let's have fun. Let's go beat the Patriots. It's very important for this organization to beat the bleeping New England Patriots, no matter what the record is. You want to have something to build on next year? Beat the Patriots. That's an unbelievable stepping stone towards next year or the end of this year as we bring in one of the premier journalists in town, Mark Anderson, now with the AP, the sports reporter here in Vegas who covers multiple sports, including the Raiders. So, Mark, let's begin. What do you think's at stake? with McDaniels and Ziggler's former team as they come to town this week with the game on Sunday? Uh, well, they, they they still have something to play for. So, uh, yeah, they, they, you know, I mean, that's, I wasn't high on the Patriots, but, man, it's just, I don't know, it just seems like they, they always find a way to, to kind of hang around. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in, if the if the if the Raiders had won at L.A., There'd be a lot riding on this game. Uh, I think the winner of this game would have taken a major step toward a playoff spot, and the other team would have probably been eliminated. Uh, but now it's really just the Patriots. So uh, they've got plenty to play for when they come in here. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it'll be interesting because Belichick usually does pretty well against his, uh, his uh, former coaches. His coaches yeah. Mark Anderson joins us. You make a good point. Let's just say for this conversation tonight, the Patriots lose. And they run into a hot team, and they just lose tonight. And then they have to come here, and they lose again. There's no doubt they'd be eliminated. And if even if they win, if they beat the Cardinals tonight, which is you know Cardinals got got an offense, they got good players. If they beat the Cardinals, they go to seven and six. If they lose to the Raiders, are at seven and seven, 
and then they'd have to run the table. So I think everything's at stake here. And also, I think, Mark, and I think if you agree or not, it really shows where the organization is roster-wise going up against the Patriots because when you and I covered these dual practices earlier in the preseason, looked like, to me, the Raiders had a better roster and a better team. They did. And, um, you know, it, it, and it didn't seem like it was that close, really. Right, right. Yeah. You know, with Belichick, if you notice, he's, you know, his teams often start slow. Uh, but this is the time of year they, they, they tend to pick up the pace. But I'm not a huge believer in Mac Jones. Mm-hmm. You know, I just I just think he's an okay quarterback. And so I don't think Belichick has what he would like to have at that position. I mean, I think he's got a player who kind of will put him in a position to make the playoffs, but won't put him into having to go into a deep run. And um, and I thought the Patriots are considering, I haven't heard the latest, but I know it was about a week ago they were considering staying out west after tonight's game, which would make sense. They are, they are. Yeah, so that that would make sense. That you know, the Raiders obviously did the same thing earlier in the season. Went went to the South. So, um, so you know, the Raiders won't get the. It'll be, it'll be a short week for the Patriots, but they you know won't be the benefit of the Patriots having the wear on the, the the travel wear on them. Yeah, Mark Anderson's our guest from the AP. You know, Mark, uh, one more thing on the Raiders here. We've been waiting for Waller and Renfro to come back for a while. I'm not a trainer. I'm not a doctor. We'll wait and see what happens this week and what we hear from inside the building, but. Uh, Derek Carr's been playing without those guys for a while, and he's been in a lot of games with a lot of big leads without Waller and Renfro. So I think his comfort zone with the players that he has to make plays on third down, I hate to use the term, it is what it is. He's got Josh Jacobs having an all-pro year. This is a game where I think someone's got to step up other than Devontae, other than Josh Jacobs, because the Belichick scheme of taking one of them out of the game. Yeah, no, I, I agree, and I think you saw a little bit of that with the Rams. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah, they. I think, I think, I think Derek just didn't have a lot of great options against the Rams, and uh, you know, it, it, they they definitely took away his his going downfield. I think mm-hmm. he should have tried a few more times than he did, because um, I think with Devontae, I think sometimes you just got to give him a chance to make a play. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, I just but. I, so I think I think the I think the Patriots will do something similar, and if if they can get say Leonard Renfro back this week or, or Darren Maul or both, obviously they'll make it much harder for the Patriots. But those guys have to work their way back in the lineup as well. So even if they do return, those there guarantee they're going to be at the top of their games just because they've been out for so long. Absolutely, Mark Anderson. As we wrap it up, so you've covered UNLV football for a long time, and they go out and they hire Barry Odom, and he's going to make I guess two point two five million. Give me the big picture of the politics of this hire. I was hearing other names coming in. This name comes in. What really happened behind the scenes with the boosters to get this gentleman to come in and be the new head coach? And do you believe in his resume taking over the Rebels? Yeah, it's hard to know really what happened behind the scenes. I just don't think anyone had really good information from the media mm-hmm. standpoint. I right. think, you know, we did a great job of keeping this thing quiet, uh, which if you're an AD, that's what you want to do. And, uh, there just weren't any leaks on this, and I give Eric Harper a lot of credit for that. Um, so I can't really give you great insight into what happened behind the scenes. Uh, but my initial reaction, I wasn't overwhelmed, um, but I will say that that doesn't necessarily mean anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's, it's a, lot of, it's a lot of times the big-name coach isn't the right coach, and, and the, it could turn out this, this is the right guy. I mean, but mm-hmm. who knows? And the pressure's on him because he's got a – He's got a team that's on the cusp of a bowl, bowl appearance, and so he can't be going to, uh, two and ten next year. He needs to. 
I'm not saying he has to make a bowl game next year, but he needs to, he needs to have them in contention in November. That's for sure. Good to have you, Mark. I'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. See you in the press box. Sounds good, JT. Thanks for having me on. You got it. Mark Anderson from the AP, one of the most established journalists in town. Appreciate him coming on here as we get rolling. Again, I Marcus Arroyo, I got to know, liked him a lot. Bobby Houck, I got to know, like him a lot. I like all these guys. I like every coach that gets hired here. I like Gerard Gallant. I like Peter DeBoer. If you listen to my show, anytime someone gets a job, I wish them well. I want them to win. Everybody. And when it doesn't go right and they move on, the new guy who comes in, we wish well. The one I'm really happy about the most is Kevin Kruger. I like Kevin Kruger the most because I know him over the years. And his dad, Lon's done a lot for me. And he's got an undefeated basketball team here in town, which is fantastic. So I want them to do well. But I talk more pro sports in this town with the Golden Knights and Raiders than I do UNLV. And when UNLV wants to put coaches or players on, I'm more than happy to. I'd like to see the team win. It's vibrant for the community. I did not know that Barry Odom was going to get the job. I thought there were two candidates that possibly would get the job over him. They didn't. So I can't wait to shake his hand and wish him well and try to help. We are the flagship of UNLV in the other room. I want them to do well, just like the Golden Knights, but most importantly, the Raiders, as we wrap up this hour. So as we wrap up this hour, I felt that that was a good hour, Damon. right? We got a good hour there, right? A little bit of me hot, a little bit too hot for me out of the gate, but things have now calmed down, right? Now people are kind of rationing a little bit more. Yeah, you know, you got you got people fired up, got a couple people on hold, but I think you, I think you were just too abrasive. I was you too abrasive. You were too fiery in that opening Oh, segment. you should hear my wife. When she hear my wife, she kicks me out of the house every day. Go, get, get out of here. Do your show. Let the steam off. Go do this somewhere else. And then I come home, and I'm a quiet man named John. But I come into the radio, and I'm worked up. I want to see this team win. And the Patriots, the amount of Raider fans that have called me, because I said this, and I was honest about this, very honest, the toughest boat, when I was on the road with the Rams, the post-game show, I only did 20 minutes because we had to take the team flight home. And Q took over and did a great job. And I told people that that was the toughest post-game show I did since the tuck roll. I did the tuck rule from the parking lot at Ricky's in San Leandro with bottles flying, fans going crazy, Ricky next to me, the late, great Ricky Ricardo, may rest in peace, Raider Mort jumped in, George Atkinson on the phone, and when I walked out of Ricky's that night, going home, I'll never forget how I felt because the Raiders got screwed by the tuck rule. The referees screwed the Raiders in the Rams game because they didn't call holding against Max Crosby on a safety that would have been a safety and ended the game. So when I went to the press box and Jason and Lincoln finished, I was deeply angered and upset for my passion for the Raider Nation and the fans who were there. So it's taken a couple of days to get, to, to get that out of my mind. And I think the best thing for me and everybody else here is to put our vitriol and our passion towards the Patriots. Why not? I mean, who the hell likes the Patriots? We like the gentlemen that came here from the Patriots, but we want to beat the Patriots. The Raiders have a deep, dark history with this team. Let's go get it done. And I think that's going to be the theme of the week as we finish one hour. We'll have Harry Ruiz, the Latino voice of the team. We'll fill up the phones now if you want to get through. 702-365-9200. We're brought to you by Virgin Hotels, Las Vegas. They had Leonard Skinner that I popped in for for a few songs on Saturday night. And then went to one steakhouse with the great J.O.D. Saw Miranda Lambert at the bar having cocktails. That's the excitement you see at Virgin Hotels, Las Vegas.